3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on
4: VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Kamal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher, joining us on a Friday, and it's a big Championship Friday, of course. Michael Samich Esquire, VCN analyst and host, of course. Host, the, we call you Michael when it matters, okay? Of course, seven to ten Saturday, and then I'm going to put this programming against any programming when it comes to Championship Sunday. You go Lombardi into Samich into Musburger. I don't know if you thought you'd hear those names kind of pieced together, Mr. Samich, but that's pretty good. That's a dangerous lineup on Sunday. Welcome to the program. I have three legends of the game right there. Back to back to back.
6: You got to love it.
5: <laughs> three <laughs> legends of the game. Indeed. How are we feeling? We're, we're going to kind of slow roll. You've got an article up at the new look about betting props. And we've got your props as well. We were just talking excitement level. These are tremendous matchups, Michael.
6: Oh, yeah, excitement level. I'm a 10 out of 10. As a football fan, I cannot wait for this weekend. We get to see this Ravens Chiefs game, which is, to me, just wildly intriguing. I used to have so many different storylines going on there from Mahomes versus Jackson to can Baltimore get over this hump? Is this finally their year versus the dynasty Kansas City is trying to really build there? And then on the other side of it, the storyline just around the Lions trying to make the Super Bowl absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Derek Stevens out there at uh, at Circa flying a couple fans with him on his private jet up to the game. San Francisco. They're giving that away. That's, that's awesome of him. Uh, So looking forward to seeing the pictures from that. And then the actual game is just going to be excellent too. And and it's, it's interesting because I, I trust the two quarterbacks in one matchup and I don't trust the two quarterbacks in the either at all. And so it's, it's from a handicapping perspective, Kind of putting my brain in a little bit of a, a rubrics cube. I have to figure out how to, how to come up with the plays here, but should be two phenomenal games on Sunday. Yeah, totally. Goff and Purdy, total trust. And then whoever Mahomes and
5: Jackson are, a little dubious,
6: yeah. correct? Exactly. I mean, you know, you know, you never know what you're going to get from those guys. Goff and Purdy, you know you're going to get some stellar throws that should be intercepted. We what?
5: should probably say, you'd take a step back and think about Derek Stevens. So you're on a Circa property there at the D, but Circa's kind of become synonymous over the past few years for sports betting. It's just an awesome experience, stadium swim. But think about Derek Stevens. He, he and I both grew up in the same state, both grew up cheering for the Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, and Pistons. But instead, I'm sitting with you three, Donks, and he's taking private jets and going to the games, flying back the same no- I, like, what a freaking life from Stevens, them all. There's no question about it, Patrick.
4: I'm sure I'd be reevaluating the same thing the way you broke it down. Like, Jesus, I'm with these three guys, and this
5: guy's on the PJ. The big guy? I, I mean, no offense, big guy. You know I love you, but it's not exactly flying private. Yeah, I mean, I look, look, here's what I'd say is uh,
3: Derek's a good time. I've To put it in perspective, I've had drinks with Derek probably 25, 30 times, and it wasn't till, until experience 20, let's say if it was 30 exactly, experience 28 together, he finally found out what my name was. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he remembered it.
5: Think
0: about this. you gotta you're, wear you're a name top, tag. Hey,
5: you're in the top seven and a half percent. you got you you gotta wear a name tag. Um, and when we look for perspective on this show, we go straight to you, Dustin. So keep bringing it. You're welcome. We're gonna run, of course, the championship board. But let's start with the NFC matchup and just kind of pull back a little bit here, Samich. The seven and a half is still there at DraftKings. A lot of shops showing seven. Of course, the three and seven, you're constantly hunting those numbers and looking to see if we budge off of them. We're showing the number right now. The Lions, seven and a half and a total of 51 and a half. Let's just start with an overview. Do those numbers feel right to you?
6: They do. I I made this game uh, Niners minus eight, assuming everyone's healthy. Obviously, Debo, the key factor there. And I made the total 52. So I'm I'm within a half point right now on the current line of both of those numbers. Uh, It's a tough one to fully trust, though. I I mentioned this in the start. We saw Brock Purdy really struggle with the rain last week and not look like himself for the mass majority of that game. You could tell he was having mental issues around it. I mean, just taking a snap and wiping your hand tells you how much that rain was in his head for that game. You've also got the Debo question here. And and to me, though, those are two massive questions if you're looking to play either the Niners or the over because you need to have everybody full strength if you're going to get to 52 in an NFL game. It's very hard to get to that total. You need points every single quarter. And I. I don't really trust this Lions defense at all Patrick I mean they've been absolutely atrocious down the stretch their secondary not very good but they have been able to consistently stop the run so you have to think McCaffrey's gonna get held up a little bit in this game which makes it really all on Purdy's shoulders and then you've got golf outside and then that's the other factor here this Lions offense been absolutely humming but they've been in a dome uh, in all those games that they've been able to consistently put up points so the question is how do they perform on the outdoor turf or on the outdoor grass here in San Francisco are they able to be as prolific as they has been the last couple Games. It's one of those situations where it's just, it's a tough game to handicap because there's a lot of different ways this plays out. And all of them produce different results generally in some of these games you can look at and say okay it could play out in a b or c and you're still going to get a very similar result in this one you know if one team gets up early the other team's immediately in chase mode that's going to create a different winner in this game i don't like either of these teams coming from behind and from a total perspective if they don't score early it's hard to figure how you're going to get over the total so a little tougher game to handicap here in the nfc
4: Mike, when you look at the loss, I shouldn't say loss, but the injury to Debo Samuel, how does that impact San Francisco's offense for you from your perspective?
6: Drastically. I mean, he probably is, hes one of the most important position players in the NFL when you look at what they want to do with him with their, their run game out of the backfield and running him on wide receiver reverses and wide receiver sweeps, things like that. They don't have anyone who can replace it. And so it's something that completely is removed from the game plan versus some way that you can replace it. And then when you look at his effectiveness after the catch, what he can do on short routes and turn them into big gains yards after the catch, those are all things that Purdy relies on for his receivers. And that's what Samuel is absolutely phenomenal at. They don't have anyone else on that team that can really replace him. So it's replacing the production in other ways, which is awfully difficult. on top of that, it allows the defense to take away one component. So you don't have to worry about Debo out there. Okay, we can, we can focus on Ayuk from a secondary perspective. We can focus on Kittle, roll a safety over, and then we just got to stop CMC. Yeah, it's three weapons, but it's a lot easier to stop three than it is to stop four.
5: Yeah, and I think, boys, you said your number is eight, and I don't think it's crazy, Dustin I'm all, Mike, because I think the one thing that stands out, one, San Francisco's offensive front is kind of taken a step back this year, so I, that's not something I think the Lions will pressure the 49ers, but 32nd and explosive pass D, the Lions, they've been horrific giving up big plays this year, and now they're taking on the most explosive passing offense, Mike. To me, that is the
6: mismatch here. That's where you start in analyzing this game it is it's just the question of are those explosive pass plays still going to be there without Debo on the field Is that going to be as effective when you're trying to get long gains when you know it's got to be Ayuk if you're going to a wide receiver and you know it's got to be Kittle if you're going to the tight end and so it it allows you to really focus on those two guys down the field now last week you don't have a ton of explosive players on Tampa Bay and Evans was able to absolutely cook this secondary. So you still have to think that Ayuk is going to be able to make some big plays. I think Kittle probably has a big game in this spot as well if we don't see Debo go. So I, I expect San Francisco to have success through the air. It's, it's one of the ways, or one of the reasons that I do lean to the over here, even though we are outside and we're not positive on Samuel. It just feels like this, this Detroit Lions defense is not going to have a ton of answers here for San Francisco's offense. And if that's the case, the Lions are going to have to go score for score with them if they want to stay in this game.
4: Just kind of build on what you just said there, Mike. And Patrick, this is a question I wanted to ask you earlier. Jamison Williams is known as a speed guy, but they haven't seemed to be able to take advantage of his ability to get past maybe uh, the defense or the secondary against certain opponents. Are you a little bit surprised by that? And how important could he potentially be to this offense as a deep threat on Sunday?
5: Ben Johnson's play sheet is the Da Vinci code. It's deep and it's complex. And the guys that cover the lines that I know say that he always has not necessarily a package, but he always has a shot. He's going to take in every game with Jamison Williams. We saw it against in October against Tampa. The one long pass he caught was a touchdown. He is a home run threat. So I do expect Williams to have a shot and specifically what Mike just said. And I'll go to you on this one, big guy, as far as if they're playing catch up, they're going to have to be throwing the ball. They're going to have to go score for score. And that's, That's difficult for the Lions in this situation.
3: I do think Jamison Williams has a chance to have a big game, Um, mainly because to Amal's point, he only needs a couple shots and he can just burn one guy and there's a guy on San Francisco getting burnt a lot and that's Ambry Thomas the cornerback they're picking on him you don't want to throw to the other side with Ward but when it comes to Thomas he's absolutely being exploited by every team this week the only question I have is it Reynolds is it Williams I'm going to be on the Williams over 27 and a half because of the point I just made I think if he catches two or three balls he will go over 27 and a half and he'll likely have Ambry Thomas lined up against him that guy's falling all over the place. I freaking love Jameson Williams to go over that number just because he could take one of the house.
5: Outside the tackles, the 49ers, while they have great edges, they don't necessarily cover the run when a back gets outside the tackles. Gibbs is explosive and can do just that. However, you're going to look to Gibbs in the receiving market as far as a prop sandwich go over 21 and a half.
6: I am. I, this is the one prop that really stood out to me from a, a positional player this week. And we saw Gibbs be very effective in the two first two playoff games, went for four catches on four targets for over 40 yards in both of those spots. <clears throat> I expect a similar effort from him here. If they want to win this football game, they're going to have to get big plays from their offense. And Gibbs is one of those guys who can provide those big plays. He's someone that can have ma- positive matchups if you get him against a slot corner, if you're ended up in, with a, a linebacker on him on one of these quick sque- swing passes or a screen pass against an aggressive of 49ers defense if he gets four catches there's no way he doesn't go over the 21 and a half yards that's the, th- the workload we've seen the last couple weeks and I think especially if they get down in this game which I think is pretty likely and they have to go score for score you're going to see a lot more of Gibbs and Montgomery just because of the game stating Gibbs is clearly the more uh, explosive back he's the one to come up with big plays in the passing game I think see he sees a lot of time on the field this weekend and that's going to push him over the 21 and a half receiving yards.
4: Patrick, a quick comp Jameer Gibbs reminds me a little bit of that tremendous speed. Remember Eric Metcalf? And when you yeah. match him up against a linebacker in the backfield, nobody had a shot. That's kind of how I feel like Gibbs is. There's just nobody on the field. If you get him in the right space, Good night.
5: Gibbs has been building all year, but Tampa Bay last week was his breakout. The stiff arm, the cut, the explosiveness. I expect that momentum to head to Santa Clara. And Montgomery, careful. Montgomery can be sneaky explosive as well. We continue with Samich next.
2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free
5: this is sharp money with patrick maher and amal shaw on VSN, the
1: sports betting network
5: we're thrilled about the brand new VEASAN.com. Go ahead, take a look. It's a fresh new look. Enhanced navigation, mobile first focus. You got the improved functionality. Really what's important here is you're on your phone incessantly. And VEASAN.com now is perfectly adapted for that. Really quick reaction times with the site. Expanded educational content, including an article from SOMO, Mike Samich Esquire, up there about the props this weekend, heading into championship weekend. The big guy. The big Big guy, spicy today. I'm just going to warn you. We still have 44 minutes to go. He gave me some attitude during the break. I'm trying to deal with it. Kind of plow through. I'm all shot. Look, he's mad. You Mike act like Somich. you're innocent. You always act like you're innocent. I didn't do anything. Hey, by the way, boys, Stirring I just wanted pot. to pass this along. I wanted to pass this along. Uh... So John Goulet, our fearless leader here at Visa, has done a great job kind of hammering home. Hey, fellas. Hey, ladies. This is the NFL season right now. I want you talking NFL content. This is the best. Samich sent over his championship weekend plays, and then he followed it with an NHL play for tonight. (laughs) Hey, the grind don't stop,
6: Samich. You just gotta slide it in there every now and then, right? I mean, like there's other things going on. There's no NFL to bet tonight. Someone out there may be interested in a little play on the ice, little get a little money down tonight. We got one of those games that starts at uh, six o'clock Pacific time here. See so a little action, but uh, you know, wet your beak before the weekend gets going.
4: By the way, every time I hear Patrick say "fearless leader," I think he's going to follow it up with Kim Jong Un. It's also not nope. true.
3: John John D- John Goulet, our program director, does have a fear, and it's that Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy are staying with the Dallas Cowboys. That's not no, a fear. That's a nightmare. Fear.
5: <laughs> his fear is them all bringing up Kim Jong Un, and then, <laughs> and then, and then hey, there's no. Today, I'll just start there oh, and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then his other fear would be some sort of sexual thing from you okay so let's be clear and, and by the way just quickly that play is the abs laying a short price right Mike
6: yeah, Avs are minus 140 tonight, taking on the Kings. These are just two teams going yeah. in different directions right now. Kings have lost 12 of their last 14, only scored more than three goals in one of those 14 games. Avalanche on the other side have been absolutely streaking. They're, they're hot right now. I think they get the job done at home here. This is the Kings' first on a road trip as well, so I'll lay the minus 140 with the Avs tonight against the Kings.
4: Short price here, Mike, and especially overall, Kings just 2-8 ten. Excuse me, two and eight in their last 10. But how do you lose to the Sharks? I know John's going to get mad, but this is important. This is a pretty good betting got here on this price when do you get them at Ball Arena at this number. Yes. Yeah, so uh, how about that Ravens-Chief game? It's going to be
5: crazy, guys. I was going to say, anything on WNBA before we kind of... <laughs> no, but last night you could have gotten LSU at uh, home plus V8's seven. Good. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's factual. Um, I, I, but we're going to move on to Kansas City and Baltimore. I just say this. Dustin started the show, Samich, with a good zinger about San Francisco potentially boat racing the Lions. It is a concern of mine. I, I, I will say this. It does feel a little bit house money-ish. Now, this is a very broad conversation here. It, it's the Lions beating Tampa. I keep repeating myself. A home game. That had to happen. Headed out to Santa Clara. This is an all-star team. The pressure is on Shanahan Mike
6: oh yeah of course I mean this is clearly the number one team in everyone's power rankings throughout the mass majority of the year the Ravens at the end you could say are right up there with San Francisco but this is an opportunity here you had the Eagles fall off you had the Cowboys fall off there wasn't really anyone else in the NFC I I at the end of the road here going into last weekend, I had green Bay and Detroit as the second, third highest ranked teams left in the NFC. That's not that tough to get through, especially when you're playing at home for two games. This is the opportunity right now for San Francisco to go out and to be able to get a title. We'll see if they can get through the the, the lions. I, I think they do. I think San Francisco advances on here. I'm not sure they cover the seven and a half number, but I think they get through this game. Guys, this is something. Go go ahead, Amal. No, I was
4: just going to add one other thing real quick. We haven't touched upon it, but you've seen it in the playoffs so far this year. And it's obvious every time in the NFL, but turnovers in the way these two games are matched up are going to be more important in my estimation than they are in just a regular game. Because Kansas City seals like there might be a limited number of possessions in essence based on the way the Ravens want to play it. And if you're the Lions, you've got to take advantage of any opportunities you get.
5: This is something that I don't think because of the recency effect that people want to hear. But if you adjust the strength of schedule, you look into the numbers, this Ravens team is great. I'm talking like great over 10, 20 years. They've been awesome this year. They have a statistical advantage that is big against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs defense, and that's where I'm going to start here, boys. These two defenses, it's one and two in scoring D, the Ravens, and then the Chiefs, number two, 16 and 17.3, uh, accordingly. Now... The total open 45 and has dipped down to 44 and a half. 44 at DraftKings now. I'm just going to start, Samich. I'll start with you. Kansas City 13 and 6 to the under this year. The Ravens 9, 8, and 1 to the under this year. I have a sense that this is going
6: to be ugly, and I do like the under 44 and a half. I would agree with you, Patrick. I think both defenses have an advantage over the offenses and what they want to do in this spot. I think Kansas city. I mean, if you look at the defenses they have faced the last two weeks, it was a very banged up Miami defense and absolutely beat up Buffalo defense. So you saw some of that, you know, old school Kansas city moving the football style in there, but I'm not expecting anything like that from the offense of Kansas City this weekend. I think it's going to be much more of a grind against this Baltimore defense. You've got two very good linebackers up the middle. They're going to be able to try and stop the run and be able to hold down Kelsey. You've got multiple people in the secondary. They'll be able to come up and press. So you're going to have a much tighter defense to the line of scrimmage a much more active defense than what Mahomes and this Chiefs team has seen the last couple of weeks. On top of that, we saw the Chiefs really change the way that they're running their offense quite a bit to moving it to more of a Mahomes-led offense where he can audible at the line of scrimmage. Last week in Buffalo, that crowd was not nearly as loud as what I think you're going to get this week in Baltimore. So I think they're going to have a little more struggle changing the plays at the line as well. And on the other side, look, this Ravens offense, where they are good, they don't have the explosive playmakers that can really take advantage of this Chiefs defense. The Chiefs are going to do exactly what they did in the— the second half of that Buffalo Bills game. They're going to bring more players up into the box, bring their safeties up, and really focus on stopping the run, specifically stopping Lamar Jackson from running and putting it all on his arm. You're going to have to see the Ravens make big plays through play action if they want to move the football down the field. But I have more faith in this secondary from Kansas City, which is wildly underrated with Snead and McDuffie and even Connor there, the rookie. I think they're gonna do a very good job of stopping those explosive plays and you're gonna see quite a few punts in this spot. Uh, I played the under 45 and a half on, on Monday. I love the under still here sitting here at 45 and a half. I'd make sure you can shop. 44 is a key number with totals, but I'm with you, Patrick. I think both of these offenses struggle. I- you
5: know you guys board the key 44 and a half you're looking to get that right now go ahead Amal
6: you guys bring up some good points on how
4: effective both these defenses are but I have a question for you Mike in terms of the rushing game here for Kansas City Pacheco's total said 62 and a half 63 and a half depending on where you get the number in five of their last eight games now there was one with Najee Harris in the Pittsburgh game where Baltimore wasn't playing everybody they've given up a hundred yard rusher Kyron Williams CMC uh, Devin A. Chain any concerns from a run game standpoint uh, for the Ravens defense against Pacheco?
6: Yeah, I think that, that Pacheco could have some success. The one area the Ravens specifically struggle in are zone schemed run plays, and that's what Kansas City runs almost forty percent of the time when they're running the football. So one of Kansas City's strengths is going directly against one of the weaknesses in this Baltimore defense. They usually like to try and commit six guys in the box and assume that Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are gonna be able to stop the run. The key to this to beating this Ravens defense is making them put a seventh or eighth guy in the box to stop the run. It's one of the reasons I think Pacheco early, especially, gets a lot of touches here and they try and get them out of that base six men in the box defense so that they can force them, them to, so they can allow themselves to get some man-to-man matchups on the outside and on their tight ends I think Pacheco has some success in this game I, the key here is if you think this stays close I like the over on Pacheco if you think Baltimore has a chance to get out early that makes Pacheco's touches less likely later in the game and that's where his total is going to be decided
5: Samich you had the over congratulations 11 rushes for Lamar against the Texans 100 yards Buffalo just ran for 182 against Kansas City. I don't think Baltimore should be throwing the football in this matchup. I got under 211 and a half on Lamar's passing yards. Dustin and Amal both have over 64 and a half on Lamar
6: Jackson rush yards. Where are you on those two? Uh, I, I'm going to take under on Lamar's rush yards, but I'm going to wait until game day to play it. Uh, this Look, 52 and a half last week. We opened at 61 and a half this week. We're already steamed up to 65 and a half. So almost a 14 yard swing from last week's expectations to this week's expectations. I think that's a little too drastic, especially when this Chiefs team is going to be dialed in to stop Lamar from running the football. When you look at who else they have in the backfield, there's no one else that scares you from a Baltimore perspective who's going to be able to break out and make big plays. You're going to allow Hill to get his stuff. You're going to allow those guys to to Gus Edwards to get his five yards, four yards. You're not going to allow Lamar Jackson to get 15 to 20 on the ground at a clip. With the defensive focus on him, I think his running game gets taken away. So I'll take the under, but I'm going to wait till game day. It could get as high as like 68 and a half by game day, just because you're only going to see yep. over money come in on that prop. I agree with you on the under passing yards. I, I don't think he has a monster day through the air. I think this one ends up in the teens or low 20s, and that's going to push a lot of the total or a lot of player props to the under.
4: Counselor, you make a great argument against Lamar, but for me, part of the handicap is the fact that when the play, particularly in a pass play, breaks down, his ability to pick up chunk yards, that's where I think it's going to be a real challenge
5: big guy we got nothing from you in that segment so you take us to break tease us what do you got big guy
3: tease you i'll undo a couple more buttons if you want nope
5: nope that's what we said john was concerned about oh. so we can move on from that okay that's uh, later put, tonight keep keep your shirt on mike's point is a good one inflation in the prop market if you're looking to bet unders wait right before game time these numbers will keep on climbing we continue sharp money is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. Got a visit from Johnny Chan and Chris Moneymaker during the break. That was inspiring. <laughs> that is Amal Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Samich. <laughs> Where's Doyle Brunson? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Dustin Swedelson. A little, sn- little snippy during the break. We're trying to kind of, the three of us tiptoeing around the big guy's mood, but we're going to make it. Uh, I will say this. Look at him. He is so bitter today. No, I can't lunches, hold my back up. I'm sore. <laughs> I, I literally can't From sit. carrying us? Yeah. From carrying us? That, that's what wow, it's been. there it is. Samich, we didn't get your take yesterday. We're doing the show and just breaking news all over the place. Raheem Morris, so they eschew Bill Belichick in Atlanta, which feels like the right move. And then we had Canales go to Carolina. That is literally about the relationship with Bryce Young. Jim Harbaugh here in Los Angeles. I can tell you, boys, I haven't heard anything about the Chargers. The Chargers matter less than any franchise here in Los Angeles. Samich, you know this as well. And frankly, the San Diego fans have kind of abandoned them because they abandoned the city of San Diego. But Harbaugh might do something with this franchise. He has that kind of cachet. Let me get your take on on those
6: three hirings. I think the Harbaugh hiring makes a lot of sense and is a very good one. Uh, he's got the ability to to turn that team around pretty quickly, and you've got Justin Herbert there as a star quarterback. If you're Antonio Pierce, you're probably not too happy. You now have Harbaugh, Reed, and Sean Payton as the three other head coaches in your division, so not not wonderful if you're a Las Vegas Raider fan there. Um, but I, I look the Canales one, yep, yeah, makes sense uh, to me. The, the the Falcons one wasn't surprising either. I, it, it seemed like there was a lot of quick momentum for Belichick to go to the Falcons. Belichick wanted to bring the whole gang with him. It, didn't seem like the Falcons were interested in anybody but Bill Belichick so it, it made sense for them to part ways and now it's what it's well I'm, I'm hearing your boy Ben Johnson's gone to uh to the commanders oh, here so that's going to fall that's that's going to fall early next week if the, the Lions don't end up so then we'll just have Seattle left so it looks like Belichick's on the sidelines for a year I don't see him in Seattle and we'll see where they end up going by the way you mentioned the charges real quick you do have Justin Herbert as a top 64 quarterback right <laughs> yeah he, he squeaks inside <laughs> the top 60 for me
5: Oh, the big guy didn't even smile. See, it's going to be a long 20. I had him at seven. I had him at seven. I retracted.
3: I do. I came up with a list, though, for Bill Belichick since he missed out on the jobs. Yeah. These are the best options for him going forward. (laughs) I'm excited. All right. Amazon, Starbucks, CVS, (laughs) Wells Fargo, Aetna, Disney World, McDonald's, Ace Hardware. What do they have in common? They love hiring seniors because that's all that's (laughs) left for him. There's nothing left in the NFL. Move on, buddy.
5: Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Smile. <laughs> I that, smile. I smile. thought that was pretty good. <laughs> That's not that <laughs> big guy. I thought it was something about lumber. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know where, you, where you were going. <laughs> well, now, and also Antonio Pierce. Yes, good coaches in division, but he has a secret weapon. Cigars. <laughs> you know I was going to say it. It's a great line. Hey, a great
4: line. By, by Thank way, you. It's not terrible. Quick update. Debo Samuel now officially off the injury report.
5: Yeah, so he is going to play, we saw the video of him yesterday running he looked spry so it could change the game plan a lot of that's the pre-snap stuff too that Shanahan likes to throw in there you get lost with Debo McCaffrey out the backfield it's a just it's an all-star team so the Lions have an uphill battle we'll go back to the Chiefs and Ravens Chiefs four laying it 44 and a half on the total samich uh, you've got a linebacker prop for the Chiefs before we get to that I did give out Kelsey a little earlier 62 and a half I'm gonna go under the receiving yard Baltimore very good at defending the tight end, of course, with Smith and Queen. And I think it was anomalous last week. Like Kelsey, Dustin said it may be a little banged up, but he is just not the same
6: player uh, under 62 and a half Kelsey. Yeah, don't mind the look of the under there. I I think you can target a lot of the different Chiefs receivers and look toward the under if you want to try and find some value at it. I don't see them having a a prolific day through the air. I think this is going to be a pretty stat uh, barren box score when we look at it on uh, on Monday morning. So I I don't mind the under on Kelsey, especially with uh, the All Star safety that Baltimore has running around, who should be covering him for the majority of the game as well. Uh, I went to the linebackers here for props. I, I felt like this was a good defensive type prop game. If we do expect both these teams to run the football consistently, and that's going to be the game plan from the offenses, looking at some tackle props, I think it makes a lot of sense. Nick Bolton jumped out to me. His tackles plus assists is nine and a half in this spot. We saw him get 13 last game against Buffalo against what I believe is going to be a very similar play calling style that we're going to see with Baltimore this weekend. What we saw with Buffalo last weekend, he's gone over this total in three straight games. He is the one who's going to make a lot of those plays both in between the tackles as well as just to the outside of the tight ends that's where Baltimore likes to run the football consistently so if we expect Baltimore to get let's call it 25 carries in this spot I think Nick Bolton is going to be on at least 10 of those plays so I like Nick Bolton quite a bit on his over tackles and assist prop Mike if you don't
4: mind expanding a little bit because we have not talked about throughout the course of the season defensive props how you kind of come to the conclusion what you look for because offense is very statistical driven and based on maybe an opponent that you might be facing
6: Uh, defense I think you look at what you expect from the game plan from both teams so if you like this to me is a a great fit for a defensive prop because I do feel like I have a good idea of what both of these teams will want to do with Baltimore they're going to want to run the football so if you're looking at defensive props you're moving away from from cornerbacks if you're looking for tackle plus assist props or you're playing under on cornerbacks tackle assist props safeties you have to be a little concerned depending on how that team defends the run so sometimes they'll bring safeties up into the box then you want to look at those guys people like uh, like Holland on my Miami Dolphin's a very good tackle assist prop player against a good running game because he's going to get quite a few. But when you can kind of focus on some of those linebackers that are set up for tackles, and this Chiefs defense is a good one to look at because they have an offense or defensive line that doesn't stop the run well, but eats up blocks very well. It allows the linebackers to then fill holds and get tackles. That's what you're looking for when you're looking for tackles plus assists. I'll also look at sack props every now and then, specifically if I like a matchup with an edge versus a tackle. Uh, I didn't have any of those that jumped out to me in these two games, but when you're looking at these defensive props, I think there's value in them simply because it's an under... talked about market. I mean, everyone who who comes on Visa is going to talk about receiving yards, rushing yards. They're going to talk about the quarterback's passing yards, first touchdown, anytime touchdown. Very few people are talking about tackle props. It's one of those spots where I think you have a slighter edge just because you're not seeing as much money poured into them. And Bolton is a great
3: guy to bet on because one, he's a tackle machine. He just has been injured this year. So maybe that number isn't really showing what he's capable of doing. He had 180 tackles a year ago. He only played eight games this year. He's an undersized guy, which means what? He's a speed linebacker. He's a sideline to sideline guy. They're going to use him to mirror what Lamar Jackson's doing. His job is going to be to spy Jackson, make sure he limits him. He's going to be running with him every step of the way. He's cleared 10 tackles a lot. Whenever he plays a full game, he always has a chance to go over it. I think that's the right guy to target on the defense, Mike.
5: Yeah, I love that one as well. I'm just going to repeat one and get you guys take again for a new audience. Lamar Jackson, 16 red zone touchdown passes this year. That's a lot. Six of them went to Andrews, and six in Andrews' absence went to Likely. Six touchdowns in eight games. He hunts the tight end in the red zone. I, Mark Andrews is 100% cleared. Samich. I think a bit of a pitch count, so I'm going to stay away from yards and receptions. But I did go plus two fifteen anytime touchdown.
6: I I would expect that their main focus in the red zone is going to be the tight end. So if you think you're going to get significant use out of Andrews. I don't mind the touchdown play there at all. I'm not sure what to expect. I mean, I know we just heard Debo off the injury report. There's a non-zero chance he doesn't finish that football game. It's it's a shoulder injury that he had that he missed three games with. I think he could definitely be hindered from it. And then you have Andrews coming back off the IR. We don't really know what to expect from him or how often we're going to see him in there, what type of explosiveness he has. To me, both of them are a little bit sketchy when you're looking at props because of that.
4: That's a good point you bring up there. And, uh, but Patrick, I like the plus money price here on Andrews. We know how consistent Lamar goes to him in the red zone. You talk about the 16 red zone touchdown passes. I think it's one you should definitely look at if you're going to bet any anytime scorer.
5: Good look from the big guy here. So Debo, and this, this will give you an idea, guys. Like we all knew Debo was going to play, but Schefter dropping that he's officially going to play immediately hit Ayuk's number on reception yards from 80 and a half down to 76 and a half. That's important. Good, good text, big guys. So yeah, you just saw that number. number move.
3: I bet a bad number. I bet eighty last night. I thought it was only going to go up. I thought all these numbers were going to go up. I thought I didn't even think there was really a chance Debo wasn't going to play. So I thought eighty and a half was fine. It. I just watched it drop on my screen at DraftKings. It was eighty and a half this morning. In the time that we talked about. Uh, Debo being taken off the injury report, it hit 78, and then as I was about to text
4: you, it's at 78.
3: It dropped to 76 again. That is a great number for Brandon Ayuk.
4: Quick question for you guys: Yes, Debo is going to play, but how effective can he be? Is there some physical limitations that are there that are possible still? And also, he's always one hit away. He was one hit away against the Lions.
5: Lions, Mm -hmm. if they're on, they're cornerbacks. uh, They are sieves So Ayuk at 76, Amich, it's juicy.
6: Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of taking Ayuk's over after Samuel's been announced to play because I look, this shoulder injury is a problem. He yeah. wanted to try and go back in there last week. He couldn't. One hit and he is back out again. And it's not like we don't know what the injury is. Everyone knows it's the shoulder. Yeah. You're going to see Detroit tackle him up high and try and put hits on that shoulder because that's what you do when you're playing in a conference final game. I think that really opens it up for Ayuk. I think he gets a lot of these targets. And look, I, I like Samuel's under rushing number. Why would you run the guy when you have CMC and he already has a shoulder injury, so with him in the game, I'd look to some Samuel's under props.
3: Lions third most receiving yards allowed to wide receivers, sixth most receptions, third most touchdowns to wide receivers.
5: Ayuk has a chance to go off still. You're and you're pointing at me, so that means you're assertive, right? Is that's that what that, a, that means? Is a, that's assertive from the big Lions. But Pass- I used my song. I feel like that was a weird point. Who are you, Bill Clinton? <laughs> We're gonna run the board next. <laughs>
2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free
5: this is sharp money with patrick maher and amal shaw on vsin the sports betting network Bet five bucks, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Where? DraftKings. How? Promo code Vegas. New customers. Five bucks, 200 in bonus bets instantly. And remember, all bettors every day, a no sweat, same game parlay at DraftKings. The crown is yours. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Mike Samich. The handle, of course, tomorrow, 7 to 10, and then you got a special time on Sunday, Championship Sunday, noon to 2, so you have Lombardi into Samich and then into Musburger. It's about as good as it gets here at VSIN, the sports Betting Network. Frank Ragnow back at practice, the best center in football. Raise your hand if Frank Ragnow has personally wished you a happy birthday. My hand is raised. Big guy, uh, would you like to explain? Fr- Frank Rag later, you mean?
3: Not Rag now? No. So there was a... We, were, we used to do draft coverage, Patrick and I, on, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. And uh, everyone was drafting these fun players. Whatever year Rag now was picked, I want to say it was 2018. And it gets the Lions pick. And Patrick's like, all right, it's my team now picking. I'm excited. What are we going to do here? What's the move? Got a lot of holes to fill. Could be anyone. And they picked Frank Ragnow, and he just absolutely eviscerated Frank Ragnow. Not necessarily Frank Ragnow, the person or the player, but more the idea that everyone's getting these fun new receivers and running backs and these hard-hitting safeties and linebackers who can impact the game. And the Lions are like, you know what we need? We need a center from Arkansas. So a few months later, when Patrick's birthday was coming up, actually, it was almost a year later, I saw Frank Ragnow had a cameo. And I had him record, hey, Patrick, I hear you're one of my biggest fans in the world. Thank you for all of your support. Go Lions. Happy birthday. This is Frank Ragnow. And I surprised him when we came back from a break
5: on the show with it, and he
3: had no idea it was coming.
5: Also, and, and use the I'm a big of Frank Ragnow guy. Every, uh, it, it, listen, I'm a donk. He's the best center <laughs> in football. I just First round of the draft, you want a little sex appeal. And a center from Arkansas didn't necessarily feel like it. And no, I didn't break down tape. Okay.
4: (laughs) Hey, by the way, you guys drafted all those wide receivers. Mike Williams, Roy Williams, Charles Rogers (laughs) didn't go too well with those sexy picks.
5: that's very fair. Well, rag now. Okay. And now he's turned into the best center in football. So it tells you what I know. Okay, let's get to it, the board. And again, we give it out so many plays, boys, but we can kind of stretch out a little bit here. Samich, will go you, then them all, Dustin, and I'll round us out. So again, it doesn't necessarily have to be an official play, but a lean on these games. 319, Kansas City's at Baltimore. Again, AFC this year goes first. NFC will go first next year. So it's not about the marquee matchup and programming. Uh, Kansas City, four so baltimore lane for 44 and a half on the total mr samich
6: well, I've got two bets on this one. I bet them both last Sunday. I took the under 44 and a half. I think this game closes at 44, 43 and a half. So I think you should get it in now before we get closer to game time. To so I me, mean this is the best bet of the four uh, sides or totals in these two games of the weekend. I like the under quite a bit. I think both defenses are going to have a lot of success against these offenses and, and specifically Kansas City facing a much, much tougher test this week than what we've seen. I also played played Kansas City plus the three and a half here. I, I liked it a lot on Sunday. As the week has gone on, I've gotten more and more concerned about this. But I've been on Kansas City the last three weeks. I know that I have them higher than the market, or higher rated than the market does. Played them against Miami. I played them against Buffalo. I made this game Ravens minus two, I, and so having the number on the other side of three felt like a, a spot where I have to take advantage of it. So I did play KC plus the three and a half and under. 44 and a half here. Also have Nick Bolton over nine and a half tackles plus assists. I think it sets up for him to have a big game on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. To Mike's credit, back in September,
4: I remember he had Kansas City at the top of the list in terms of where they were power-rated for him, so good job of them being a Final Four team. I did not make a particular play in this game, but I like Mike's angle on the under at 44 and a half. Patrick, I'm going to stay with uh, Lamar Jackson over 62, 63, 64, depending on where you get the number. I just think in the postseason, three out of five games, he's gone over 100. He's had some good success against Bagnola teams, uh, playing them three times when he was the D.C. there in Kansas City, and I think when the chips are down and he He's got to make a play with his legs. He will be able to do it, and I don't think you'll see him sliding or running out of bounds. And so, I like Lamar Jackson in terms of the rushing yardage. Over, I do believe the Ravens win this game, but I don't want to go against. You know, it's the old great. It was one of my favorite lines Kenny Anderson had. Uh, he goes, "I mean, the man's going at Jordan." And it was when he's talking about Drasen Petrovic. It's the same thing. You're not going against Mahomes here. And it's just hard to pick against a guy who has been the best player in the NFL for the last six years.
3: I am hedging my Baltimore Super Bowl 19 to 1 tickets with Kansas City. May may even uh, do some alt lines on Kansas City because I am concerned. I have a lot of fears about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes standing in the way of that ticket getting to the Super Bowl. I might go minus one, one and a half, two, two and a half on the Chiefs because... I think they could win this game, but I do love Lamar over 10 and rush attempts. Chiefs allow the third most rush attempts to quarterbacks in the league. Mobile quarterbacks against them. Josh Allen at 12 last week. Easton stick when they faced him at 13. Jalen Hurts 12, Fields 11. Lamar's going to use his legs over 10 and rush attempts.
5: All right, big guy. Good job. Uh, I do like the Ravens. However, Jackson, 22 and 31 ATS as a favorite of three and a half or more scares me. What doesn't scare me? The first and second scoring defenses, respectively. The Ravens give up 16 and a half. The Chiefs give up 17-3. Kansas City specifically, 13 and 6 to the under. I'm with Samich. That 44 is key. So if you can get 44 and a half right now, I will go under the 44 and a half. Also, I like Kelsey under 60 two and a half and I like Lamar Jackson under two eleven and a half passing yards. We move on to a random game here, Samich. 321 Detroit. Can't believe I'm saying it literally. Detroit is in the, <laughs> the NFC championship game uh, at San Francisco and right now. So you can bet at seven or you can bet it Detroit catching the seven and a half and 51 and a half on the total. Mike.
6: I have not bet uh, side or total yet in this game. This is tough for me. Like I said earlier, I made this Niners minus eight, but we didn't know what the weather was going to be like. It was supposed to rain on Sunday earlier in the week. Right now, it looks like we have clear skies for this game. We'll see what it turns out to be, the weather at actual kickoff. Uh, I was I was Niners in the over originally. Um, I didn't bet the Niners minus six in the look ahead last Sunday when you could bet it. I didn't bet it when it opened at six and a half, so it's hard for me to run to the window here at seven and a half after passing at Those two better numbers. Uh, I probably will not have a play on the side here. I may tease this game if I can find a book which will allow me to tease this with a game that then comes up in the future, i.e. the Super Bowl, which is going to be sub a field goal in most cases where I can tease that game as well. So this may be a first leg of a teaser if your book allows you to tease one and leave one on the docket. Um, I I do lean toward the over here. I probably will end up with an over 51 and a half ticket in here because I do think both these offenses have advantages against the defense. If you look at San Francisco, their offense is not what everyone makes it, or their defense, I'm sorry, is not what everyone has made it out to be. Even last week against the Green Bay Packers loving those Packers moved the football consistently in those first three drives only ended up with six points. If they were able to get points on the board in that spot, that game would have flown over. To me, this is another situation where I think both offenses have the better advantages against the defenses. So I, I'm leaning toward the over. We'll probably put that in if not played it yet. I did play uh, Gibbs over 21 and a half receiving yards. It's gone for over 40 in both playoff games. I think he has a lot of success out of the backfield. And if the Lions are chasing, he's the running back that's going to be in there getting the uh, the targets.
4: Patrick, I went with San Francisco here. I laid a touchdown. I didn't make a big play on this one. I think the Lions are still very much a live dog even though I'm laying laying the seven points. I don't say that with extreme confidence, but I still think San Francisco is a little bit too talented playing at home. What I really like is, guys, last week you look at it. Jake Moody gets a field goal blocked. Offensive play calling was disastrous. The weather was a problem. Even though they won't have Debo Samuel here, I think San Francisco will be better in all three phases than they were this past weekend. I think San Francisco moves on to Las Vegas, but... It would not be that much of a stretch for me if Detroit pulled an upset. All right, Christian McCaffrey,
3: first touchdown scorer plus 310 for San Francisco touchdown, plus 155. I put a lot of information on Twitter about that if you want to read why I like that play. Brandon Ayuk over 80 and a half receiving yards. You can get a better number now. Kittle over 61 and a half receiving yards. For Detroit, I'm with Mike. I think Jameer Gibbs is a great play over 22 and a half receiving yards. And Jamison Williams, someone's going to benefit from Ambry Thomas being lined up on them. They're going to have Ward on... I'm on St. Brown. And I think someone else, either Williams Reynolds or both could have a big game on the other side. Those are my plays in that one.
5: Okay. Big guy. I'm going to stay away from the side. I, I agree with Mike on that 49er defense. I think a little overrated Gibbs 74 rush. 40 reception 40 receiving against Tampa Bay. I'm gonna go over 47 and a half. The 49ers struggle with those backs that get outside the tackles. I'm gonna go over fifteen and a half for Gibbs' longest rush. And then I'm gonna go under three and a half receptions for Gibbs, although I don't hate your over on the reception on the receiving yards. As far as the game, if anything, I'm leaning over 51 and a half. I I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think that's crazy to say. As far as the side, I'm going to stay away because I'm terrified of the 49ers. But I'll be pulling for the Lions, boys. Great job. I'm looking for, I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to Sunday. It like, No football tomorrow is tripping my brain out a little bit, big guy. Uh,
3: I'm already anticipating the depression of a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl because then I don't think any of us have a vested interest.
5: The handle with Samich is going to be 7 to 10 tomorrow and then noon to 2 on Sunday. Amal, Mike, Dustin, have a great one. We'll see you on Monday. Sharp money.